Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. yourself so so did you bet on the game tonight or was it a fantasy no, thing no i didn't bet i just well yeah kind of betting i mean i have money in a league a good amount of money and um, i'm one and one i shouldn't have lost last last week i got kind of screwed um you know you always feel like you get screwed in fantasy but i had a pretty good week last week and i of course i play you know aaron jones who puts 44 points up uh, as a single player last week and then you know this week I, uh, Deontay Washington in my flex gets hurt with a concussion. Now I got to be worried that he won't play with next week. So I take a zero in the spot and, uh, you know, I lose and I have bench players that could have won me the game. And, um, you know, I was hoping Lamar would have popped off and would have just saved the day. Now one and two in that league, and uh, not feeling so good. But I got a lot of season left, so it's it's all right. Well, good for you. Yeah, there's only what this was what week three. Yeah, it's week three, but I like to win everything. I don't. I, I can't take a loss. I think I'm one and two. I think you're three and zero oh in my league now. In the gentleman's fantasy football league, I'm doing pretty well in your league. Uh, so uh, your picks didn't do too well this week for UFC 253. Yeah. Neither did mine. No, um, and partially, well, I mean, obviously the main event, you know, I went with Costa knowing that, that there definitely was a good chance hurt you. that he, yeah, well, knowing that there was a good chance that he could lose. I mean, uh, you know, I just wanted Costa to win, you know, but uh, yeah. I knew Adesanya could very well win, and, uh, you know, I know we'll get into it, uh, but, uh, I mean, overall, great card, good fights, you know, I couldn't complain even though... My predictions were not too great. I mean, picking Paulo for that fight wasn't a bad decision. Like, your gut was telling you one thing. Something else happened. I thought uh, What's-Her-Face was going to win. She got pummeled. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even close. What was her name again? Eubanks. Yeah, Eubanks. I, I had a gut feeling that she was going to pull one out at 6-4. and four. Now she's 6-5 and five after a bloody defeat. And uh, Dominic Reyes, someone who I think the entire world went with, uh, comes away a hard luck loser. Yeah, man. I, you know, so we might as well get right into it, and uh, we'll we'll save maybe the main event for last, and we'll start with the co-main. We'll, we'll change it up a little bit, but we'll, the, t- the total WWE uh, match card start kick off the show with something big, but not the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll start with the co-main. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, I, when we spoke about this last episode, I mean, it was very convincing to, to pick Dominic Reyes coming off of a close fight against John Jones. And, you know, everyone knew that Jan was, was tough. Um, but I think people just thought that, you know, Dominic Reyes was a lot better. Um, and, uh, you know, he just kind of came out a little bit flat. You know, he did, did land one nice strike against Jan. I thought kind of stumbled him. But, you know, really didn't phase him in the long uh, scheme of things. And uh, Jan, you know, powerful leg kicks to the body, which 
really started it started it off. Uh, you know, you could see the bruising on Dominic Reyes' side, which had to be stinging and hurting bad. And um, you know, the whole right side of Dominic Reyes' body was open. And you know, when when something's being attacked, then you know the fighter's focusing on that, and that kind of allowed Jan to just set the tee off on the head, and um, that's what he ended up doing. And uh, you know. Put, put Reyes away in, in a pretty convincing and dominant fashion uh, of a knockout. And Reyes's nose was pretty messed up too. If you saw, uh, it, it got because he got hit, and I'm like, oh no, his nose is broken. I knew from there it was just not good. And then soon later, probably 20 seconds later, you know, he's out. Yeah, very impressive by Jan Blachowicz. Uh, you know, and 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 uh, now, you know, he's probably going to face um, the winner of Reyes, uh, not Reyes, uh, Santos versus Teixeira, which has has been announced. It's it got rescheduled um, sometime in November, I believe, which is good to hear. I, I'm excited to watch that fight, um, and I think that's the fight that makes sense um, for for Jan next to be, you know, facing his next contender. And that kind of changes the entire landscape of that division because everybody thought Dominic Reyes was just going to, I mean, not pummel the guy, but I think anybody man, would would have had Dominic Reyes going over in this fight. I know we did. Uh, everyone in our pool most certainly did. Uh, it was 100%, I think. I don't think anybody went with Jan. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if anyone, well, you're right about that. And I didn't have Reyes winning by, like, knockout or anything. I knew it was going to be a tough fight for him um, but I just didn't expect him to come out so flat you know yeah. he kind of did and it happens um, you know he's 12 and 2 he's, he's relatively young in, in the UFC and uh, I don't I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him back in, in relatively soon of a, a time frame I mean, but like I was saying, this kind of like changes the whole landscape because if he won, uh, John Jones was probably in his future. If not, the winner, like you said, of Santos Teixeira, which is now taking place, is it going to be on pay-per-view or fight night? It's a, it's a fight night. Um, I forget the date exactly. I'll look it up and uh, announce it. But, um, yeah, so it, it, this is this third time it's been announced. So it's been canceled twice. And um, it should be a good fight. I mean... You know, Santos, this is his first fight since uh, losing to John Jones. And um, that was a pretty entertaining fight. It was fun. And, uh, you know, Glover Teixeira is coming off of a very convincing win against uh, Anthony Smith. So, you know, that fight does make sense division-wise. And uh, it should be a fun one, too. You know, you got two strikers. And, uh, you know, it's probably going to end in a finish if... Um, I have anything to say about it. And this is Glover's first fight since what, May? Like he was, it was a fight night right after uh, the Geechee Ferguson fight. Uh, yeah, it was, it, um, it wasn't too, too long ago. I want to say it was the end of May. It was right after Geechee's win over Ferguson at the first fight island. It was, yeah, it was in, uh, it was in May. You're, you're correct. It was right after. Yes. My bad. My AirPods went dead. Nothing's working for us today. We couldn't get the Zoom call working. We couldn't get the AirPods working. Yeah, man, I'm having a rough, rough uh, beginning of my week. Hashtag Mondays, am I right? 
It, it happens, man. It may end, uh, so now Glover versus Santos will happen uh, November 7th as the headliner of a UFC fight night. Interesting. So when's the, the Khabib fight, Khabib versus Geechee? October 24th. Okay, so that'll be before that fight between Santos and Teixeira. Because that's, that's the next big fight. We got a month to prepare for that. that that's probably the biggest fight this year. At, I mean, I know like last week we were saying Adesanya versus Costa was the biggest fight of the year. Now we're getting uh, a, a battle-tested Khabib, undefeated, just a total warrior maniac, going up against uh, uh, the ultimate underdog, a guy that wasn't even supposed to be in the situation that he's in, in Justin Gaethje. Yeah, man, we're closing in on that, and I cannot wait. That is, to me, the most anticipated fight uh, in a long time. Anticipate it, you know, and it's going to be exciting, don't get me wrong, but I've been waiting. I mean, and I know, you know, to think about it, okay, well, only, you know, since Gaethje versus Ferguson, we've been waiting, but really, we've been waiting to see Khabib fight, you know what I mean? That's what's anticipating for me. Um, we were supposed to see Khabib actually perform on that card, so, um, and that didn't happen. Now, I'm excited to see Khabib. Um, you know, obviously, he had the, the unfortunate passing of his father, and I, I'd like to see how that will um, impact this and his performance. I could see it going two, you know, two kind of ways. It either motivates him and puts him on a new level, or kind of he may work so hard to, to honor this fight for his father, and it might just take a little bit from him. You know what I mean? But uh, it should be definitely interesting to see how Khabib responds and and how he does in uh, this next performance. And obviously, he's got a big threat in Justin Gaethje, and the matchup makes a great fight. Have they had any promos thus far, like any press conference promo type stuff to promote the fight? None of that. Um, I know they'll start to promote it now that you know once October hits and uh, gets to the month of the event. And then I'm sure um, when. You know, it gets close, and they fly in, and they're in Abu Dhabi. I'm sure they'll have a, a small presser maybe a week before. Um, Khabib was at uh, the pay-per-view Saturday night. He was in the corner of uh, he was in the corner of Zubara, um, um, who fought Hakeem Dawadu. Right. And, uh, it was good to see Khabib. You know, I haven't I haven't seen him on TV in a while, so it's good to see him. Um, and I, you know, it was kind of interesting. I, I was wondering if he'll just stay there uh, and, and train there, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I didn't get any info on that, but I mean, I don't know what the point would be flying, you know. But then again, he's probably going to want to train with his team and stuff. So I mean, what was the issue the first time around when he couldn't fight Ferguson? Like they had to send him home with everything going on, but now I guess things have kind of loosened up with regulations. Yeah, I think they didn't know where the fight was going to be, and they said I think they were planning on having it in Abu Dhabi, and then they said fly home; it'll be closer for you to go to Abu Dhabi. And then you know he just got stuck. It really wasn't that his fault. It wasn't the UFC's fault. They were just trying to make things work and just didn't happen. Right. And this time around, obviously, he's going to 
Uh, I mean, if he flies back and then they have trouble, then that's another fight that he can't do, you know? Like, I'm just looking at it well, from, like, outside well, the box here. Like, potential outside scenarios that are far-fetched but may happen, you know? Like, we didn't think that Khabib Ferguson, number six, was going to get canceled because we saw the first five get canceled, you know? But it did happen. So why not stay where he's at, train with his team, and get ready that way? That way, when you're done with the fight, you can do whatever the hell you want. That's very true. I mean... I don't know that he'll have issues coming back um, just because I think they have everything down pretty good. But, um, it, you know, why fly? Why move around a lot? But who knows? I, I'm not 100% sure what he's doing. But whatever he's doing, I'm sure he's got a plan and he's sticking to it and being pretty consistent with training and everything. So. I mean, I still can't get over Ferguson versus Khabib not happening six times over. And the other thing that doesn't shock me at all, I mean, I guess he's still technically retired from mixed martial arts. I get that. But it was his fourth retirement. Conor McGregor announced that he's, and it's like pending whatever. Like, it's not official official, but it sounds like it's going to happen. And we haven't even touched on this yet. Is Conor McGregor versus Manny Pacquiao in a boxing ring? I know, I know. Um... It, you know, it's probably more real than ever right now. Um, it, you know, he did talk about it uh, a little while back, right before his fight with Donald Cerrone in an interview with Ariel Hawani. He did mention and say, you know, that fight's there whenever I want it, um, and they can make it happen. And now, you know, so Connor's manager is the same manager for Manny Pacquiao, so they could make that fight happen pretty fast and pretty easy, I believe. Um, you know, obviously they have to work with the UFC to make that happen because Connor is technically under contract with the UFC. So the UFC would have to be on board and allow Connor to do that. Um, but I think that they could make that fight happen. And right now, Connor's not in the picture, um, not by his choice, maybe, but just by the UFC. I mean, they probably don't want him to fight without a crowd. And uh, there is some matchups for him, but, you know, He's a main event fighter on pay-per-view. I get it. But, you know, it's tough because you want to use him smart if you're the UFC. But also, you know, there's matchups that, you know, aren't necessarily uh, a pay-per-view main event like right now. You know what I mean? It's, it's a tough situation. So right now he's sidelined. And uh, maybe a boxing fight for him is the best choice for him. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that. And uh, I'm not opposed to watching it. I'd like to see, yeah, I think he could fare well against Pacquiao, seeing how he fought against Mayweather. I thought, you know, for the first 10 rounds, he looked spectacular, arguably, probably won. Uh, you know, I'd have to watch it back. but I I'd, say, I'd, I'd say he won the first four, definitely, like 100%. I'd say he won, he won around eight out of the 12 rounds that I watched, if I can recall. Um, I don't know if it would have went that way if it went to decision, though. You know? No, 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 you're right. Well, when did it stop? The 10th? Uh, yeah. And so I think I, I had him winning like seven or eight rounds, you know, to Floyd winning only two or three, you know, obviously getting it done, um, smart fashion. But I thought he fared very well against Floyd Mayweather, who's arguably the best boxer in, in, in boxing. So. For me, I'd like to see him against Pacquiao, and uh, I think he could do quite well, um, especially with his style. Uh, and he looks in great shape. I'd like to see what he could do. And Manny Pacquiao, I mean, how many times has he retired? He's definitely retired once or twice, right? 
After after the after the Mayweather fight back in 2015, I feel like he retired. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I know he goes through some top some pauses of fighting and whatnot, and he's not always super super uh, active and and whatnot. But um, I I think it would definitely be a, a an entertaining fight. It's gonna have people tune in for sure. Uh, I mean, for one thing, boxing and MMA, UFC specifically, are absolutely kicking ass right now in 2020. WWE's doing a great job, too, I think, with everything that they've got going on, everything that uh, is against them right now, having no fans, making that Thunderdome. They're doing a kick-ass job, but right now, UFC, with the uh, the main events that they've put out over the past several months since this started, I mean, Geechee picking up the big upset against Ferguson, you had Cormier versus Stipe, you saw a legend retire in the heavy heavyweight division in uh, D.C. Uh, obviously, this past Saturday, we saw arguably the fight of the year between Costa and Adesanya, and now we're going to get Khabib versus, for, or Khabib versus, uh, we we're, not, we're never going to get that fight, but we're going to get Khabib versus Justin Gaethje in a month from now, uh, not to mention all the great fight night cards that we've seen from a fighter's fan's uh, perspective, and then in boxing, we're going to get to see Iron Mike Tyson return come November. And not to mention a potential Conor McGregor versus Manny Pacquiao fight, which is another, like, superstar matchup uh, if you're a fan of both worlds. So, like, both of them absolutely kicking ass right now. For sure. Um, <laughs> you, 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 uh, you nailed that. There's not much else to say. I mean, boxing, MMA, combat sports, really, in general, um, couldn't be doing much better. And... You know what? You know, really, truthfully, the advantage they have is they're year-round. There's no off-season, and they can continue to put on the show, and they can continue to just have superstars arise, and they could put them out and let them shine. You know, it, it's it's almost unfair to other sports in a sense because they're they're just putting these guys out, and it, it's the next man up type of thing. You know. One guy drops out, it's the next guy up. And, and for, for a company like the UFC to have such talent, um, these guys make names for themselves pretty fast. You know, like within a year, a guy could really make a name quite known. And, and um, it's just how it is. It, it, it's entertaining. And to be a fan, it's awesome to see. Um, it's, it's what I love being a, a, a fan of MMA for is because I get to watch it all the time. I get to follow it all the time. And uh, you learn about new fighters all the time. I, I'm constantly uh, following new fighters, you know, and, and you realize things about them that you never knew before, you know? Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I, I definitely think um, UFC is probably on top of them, of, of all of them. But boxing is definitely still holding its own a little bit and especially if it gets a fight with Pacquiao and and, and uh, McGregor and I, that will probably take place in 21 2021 if that does get confirmed and I think it will it will get confirmed I think I think Dana White's a smart businessman he'll get his, his cut for that uh, Conor McGregor obviously going to get his massive payday like he did for the Floyd fight probably not as much but uh, I'm going to assume it's going to be well over 100 million dollars for him for his payday I'm, I'm sure, but now that you mentioned Dana White, um, before we move on to, to cover the rest of the card, I want to mention one more thing about uh, McGregor and Dana White. Have you uh, heard or seen anything with Connor leaking uh, him and Dana White's DM messages? No, I haven't even heard about that. 
Please explain, it. MMA Mike. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so McGregor, uh, so, okay, well, let me back up a second. So Dominic, uh, not Dominic, Diego Sanchez, who fought on the undercard, I mentioned him on the podcast last time very briefly, um, which I got that fight right. I knew he was going to get beat, but uh, I'll, I'll keep moving on. Um, so there was, there, you know, Diego Sanchez only has three more fights left in his contract. And, uh, you know, he, he's kind of mapping out the fights that he's going to have left because he's planning on retiring. And, uh, you know, he made a tweet or something, and Connor kind of re- responded and saying, you know, I would love to be your last fight. And, um, and it makes no sense. Connor's way above that. This guy's old. You know, he's out of his prime. There's no point in making that fight. And uh, so Connor actually talked to Dana White um, right after he beat Donald Cerrone about, you know, when he was talking about his season, how he wanted to have a bunch of fights after and be really active. And uh, supposedly Diego Sanchez was a part of this season um, that he planned out. And he was trying to talk to Dana White about it. And obviously Dana shot it down. But Conor McGregor posted those messages to, you know, prove his point. And um, I haven't really heard too, too much on Dana White's part about what he thinks. He kind of said, you know, you're breaking the, the man code of, of posting private messages between two people. I mean, you know, it's, it's business professional messages. Why are you, you know, posting that? You know, and it's kind of a, a, a dirty move on McGregor's part. I think McGregor's a little fed up that he, he's not getting what he wants. And, um, Although I do think Dan is doing his best to, to, to compromise with Connor, and um, you know, Connor also spoke about uh, fighting Gaethje, but he wanted to fight Gaethje in May. That as soon as the UFC could provide him, Gaethje was in July. You know, McGregor was being a little picky. He wanted certain places. He wanted certain dates, and the UFC can only do what the UFC can do. And uh, I wouldn't say either at, are at fault for not making fights or not making, you know, it happen. I think just they both couldn't work together, you know what I mean? And I think Connor's kind of feeling like, oh, they're saying, you know, like I'm pulling out of fights, I'm saying no, really. But he isn't saying no, he just wants specific things. And the UFC can't always provide them. But uh, it was interesting to see that because we've never really seen any controversy before Dana White and Connor. We always have thought that the relationship has been so great. And, um, you know, it's interesting to see them interact and how they talk to each other. You know, because you have incidents like Connor with the bus incident with Khabib and stuff. And, like, how does Dana White interact with Conor McGregor? You know what I mean? It's like, you got to think. I mean, I know, you know, when Connor was coming up, obviously Dana loved them. They had a great relationship. I know the Fatita brothers had a great relationship with Connor, too. And I think the relationship is still okay. But just to see the interactions these days, um, you know, with what Dana White said, you know, kind of saying, man, you broke man code. It was kind of dirty. And then Connor tweeted back at that and was like, you broke the code when, you know, you said I, I wouldn't take a fight. Stop lying. So they're kind of throwing some, some heat at each other, which is 
interesting to see, and I've never seen it before. So. Well, I, I've always assumed that their relationship is only as healthy as it is is because he's brought in so much revenue for the UFC and Dana White. He's done so many harmful and disrespectful things towards Dana White in the UFC over the years. You mentioned the bus incident with Khabib and everybody on board injuring all those people. Like, that is just like, it's eight, it, it, an eight-year-old wouldn't even do that. Like, how do you condone that behavior for what Conor McGregor did? He just got, uh, I mean, I think he got off the charges, but he, he got uh, uh, charged with sexual assault, I believe, a few weeks back. Uh, well, actually, it just came back up recently, and um, nothing came about it. I, I think he's going through a little bit of hard times. I think maybe some people are out to get him, uh, trying to accuse him of some stuff. You know, he, he's on a very high level of status, and it's definitely hard to handle and deal with, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's hard to tell as, as a person like me, in my position, you know, I only know so much information. I don't want to spread wrong information or not, and I only try to follow reliable sources. And... Um, I don't know 100% sure um, what he's done for sure, what's false, what's real. But what I do know for sure is that it's got to be hard dealing with with being what he is. You know, no one's really meant for that. No human is actually built to to, to deal with that kind of status and and celebrity-like. You know what I mean? Humans aren't really meant for that. So it definitely takes a very mentally strong person to have to deal with that and you see him you know act out sometimes and and uh he i think he always feels like he needs to keep his status up you know what i mean right. and you see that time so it's hard to tell what's true and false and um i just hope we can see him fight i think when he's fighting he's at his best mindset and um I think it's best for him if he continues to fight and be active. When was the uh, fight with Justin supposed to take place? Like, did he want him before his fight with Ferguson or after? What do you mean? Like, you said, like, that was uh, the fight that, like, he wanted him in May, but, like, that would have been right around the time that he would have fought Ferguson, right? Well, okay, well, yeah, so he was talking to Dana right after he beat Calgary, which was in January. Right. So these messages were at the... They must have been in February. Okay. So, like, well before he was supposed to uh, replace Khabib in that fight. Correct. So, he wanted to fight Gaethje in May and then go and fight in August and then at the end of the year have a rematch with Khabib. Okay. That makes more sense. Because I, I was like, if he wanted him, like, right after that fight with Ferguson, like, he's not in any way, shape, or form ready to go, you know? Like, that's kind of unreasonable. Conversations way earlier in the year. Okay, yeah. I was going to say, that would have been really unreasonable of him to, like, pick that date right after he had a hellacious fight with Tony Ferguson. But that makes sense. I'm re- going to read the tweet that Justin Geechee sent out uh, 10 hours ago. Um, Conor McGregor actually said yesterday that code was broke when you lied to me about turning down fights. I just uh, I said Justin in May, and you went and said I did not want to fight. It's 
it's not about Diego. Diego was a filler to get in more fights. Also, you have been involved in Manny Talks. Uh, the legal letters are there. Stop lying. And that was directed towards Dana White. And then Justin Geethy uh, pushed back saying, not a good look lying on the boss. Anything to not look like a bitch. You had me in January. I was calling you left and right and not a peep. My manager asked if I wanted you after Tony, but you know, fuck you. Ne never wanted it. You took the easy road, kid. I mean, that's a that's a pretty basic uh, UFC promo right there from Justin Geethy. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, I've been loving Gaethje's, uh, just his whole persona, his attitude, everything leading up to Khabib, just his whole his whole personality. I, I, I've really enjoyed hearing what he's had to say, not only about fighting, not only about Khabib, not only about UFC gold, but almost just life, just general mindset. It, it, it's really been... It's it's it really it's been beautiful to listen to. It's it's um it's tough, it's realistic, but it's just it, it's if you get a chance, if you're listening now or you Jack, just go listen to some of his past interviews. Just it, it's great to hear, you know. Um, I enjoy listening to the guy. I mean, well-spoken for sure, no doubt. And I, I'm very curious to see what these promos are like between him and Khabib coming up because uh, how do they promote that fight? Because a lot of it, I feel like, especially with McGregor we've seen in the past, a lot of it is, I don't want to call it staged, but it's like they, they promote the fight to promote the fight, you know? Like, uh, they're promoters and fighters. So, like, when they promote the fight, they may say things that they don't actually mean. So I wonder what Justin Geechee's going to target towards... Um, Khabib when they actually have like their actual live press conference on television. Yeah, I mean the press conference is uh, unfortunately going to be like the most recent press conferences. It's going to be a little bit limited. It's probably going to be the week of or the week before. And um, you know, I don't think Gaethje's going to attack him too too much verbally. I think he's going to give him respect, but at the same time, let him know I'm here and. Uh, I'm, I'm crazier than you, and I'm here to fight. And I'm going to give you the hardest fight that you've ever had. And uh, Gaethje's going to let him know that, and I don't really think Gaethje's going to be too disrespectful or anything. They have same management. And uh, I think Khabib uh, is going to be very humble. I don't think he's going to be disrespectful whatsoever. And I think he'll do relatively the same thing with Gaethje. I'm here. I'm the champ. I'm the best in this weight class. I'm arguably the best in the world. And I'm going to do to you what I've been doing to everyone else. And I think it'll be like that. You know what I mean? And they'll answer the questions from the press, and uh, then they'll fight. Yeah, leave it to the fighting. I mean, I, I can't wait for that fight. I can't. It, so what's the actual date? October 28th? Uh, I thought it was the 24th, but it might be the 28th. Uh, you probably know better than me. It's probably the 24th. I was just, I knew it was the last week in October, but that'll be UFC 254. You want to get on with the rest of the the, uh, the fight card? We kind of trailed off in the McGregor news there in the Conor McGregor land. Um, it's all good. I was going to bring up McGregor anyway, so it was all good to talk about it. Um, we haven't talked about him in a while. You know, he's been out of that circle uh, in the 155 division. Yeah. You know, and, and there's a lot of fights and matchups to make in that division, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that maybe at a later date uh, when some of the matchups happen. Um, supposedly, Ferguson and Poirier could, could potentially be booked by the end of the year, which is probably the fight to make. But, uh, you know, 
the winner of Gaethje versus uh, Khabib is going to open up some possibilities for the future, knowing that Khabib could only have two fights left, yeah. including this one. So, there, you know, there's a lot of possibilities, and, and Connor's unfortunately been out of the circle, but uh, it was it was definitely something I wanted to bring up and uh, talk about because, you know, we haven't talked about him in a minute. Uh, we definitely will moving forward, though, especially when we f- talk about the Tyson Jones fight. I feel like because by that time, I would assume that McGregor Pacquiao will be finalized. It, it, it should be. You would think so. So we went from the co-main event to kick off our our, uh, our fight card review. Let's go to the bottom of that list, like Vince would do. Uh, you go with the the kickoff show to get everybody riled up, and then you go with the second uh, the second fight, which is probably the worst on the card. That being, um, uh, let's do Hakeem versus Zubara. So this was a split decision, right? It was thirty twenty seven, twenty eight twenty nine, twenty nine twenty eight, with the, the the winner by split decision being Hakeem Dawudu. Um, uh, what'd you think of this fight? Because I, I think Hakeem, I, I honestly would have gone unanimous decision with how well Hakeem performed here. Yeah, you know, the first round was was very competitive, and uh, I thought uh, Zubara kind of, I, I definitely think Zubara won the first round, but uh, slightly, and it was kind of weird that the on the scorecard, well, not scorecard, but on the uh, statistics, the striking, um, they had uh, Hakeem up. And even though, it, to me, it looked like Zabara was winning the first round. But, uh, you know, Hakeem, after the second round on, just carried the, the momentum and really started dominating and won a very um, dominant third round. You know, he, he had Zabara backing up and backpedaling the last two minutes of the last round. And uh, he, he just couldn't handle the striking anymore. And, uh, you know, he only got one out of his seven takedown attempts uh, six were successful. So it was kind of tough. And, and when he did get that takedown, Hakeem popped right up. And, uh, you know, so he probably felt, wow, I, you know, I'm not too successful trying to get to the fight to the ground. And um, the striking, he felt super threatened. So he was just kind of backpedaling, trying to get out of there. And Hakeem was moving forward. And, uh, you know, one, I think he wanted to win a little more dominantly. But overall, it was impressive, and his striking looked impressive from rounds two on. Um, but the first round was competitive. Overall, it was it was a pretty good fight, but um, definitely think well deserved win for Hakeem. Where does this put Hakeem moving forward? I mean, he's relatively um, you know new, you know, and young. Um, I'd say you know a, a, a win or two. Um, you know, it depends on, on the matchups, but I'd say another win over a fighter similar to Zabara, just to, to, you know, prove his legitimacy. If he got a finish in this fight, I'd say, you know, give him maybe a lower-ranked opponent. Um, but one more win, maybe he gets a knockout and give him, you know, a lower-ranked opponent. I do like what I see in this guy. Um, he's fast, and, and striking looks on point. So this would lead us into the uh, Ketlin Vieira win over Sahara Eubanks, 
And uh, just to go back to last week, a little bit of flashback from last week. I was very confident. She was 6-4 and four in 10 fights. I said she kind of had like that thug look, that thug mentality where she was just going to come up and bite Ketlin in the ass. Uh, I was totally wrong. Uh, this was unanimous decision. So 29-28, 29-28, 29-28 uh, in favor of Vieira. Eubanks just did not look the way I thought she was going to look. Yeah, it seems that she just had a hard time getting things going. And, um, you know, Vieira was winning on the feet and, um, you know, winning in that striking exchanges and uh, even snuck in two takedowns, which looked good. She got two minutes and and 30 seconds of control time, Um, you know, so that was a plus as well. And uh, that cat, you know, that knocked Eubanks, you know, it made her uneasy because she was worried about the, the hands and then, you know, got taken down. Then she was worried about the takedowns. So, you know, that gave uh, Vieira, you know, two rounds. And then after that, she kind of felt like, okay, I'm up. I'm going to coast a little bit and allowed Eubanks um, to have a better third round. She started to rack up some more strikes, but it was a little too late. And uh, unfortunately, you know, she needed to get a finish, and she threw together some nice combos at the end, but it was just too late in the fight. So did you have both uh, Vieira and Hakeem in those predictions? So this is where it all went all downhill for you, I guess, the top third of the card. So we, we talked about Jan's big win over Dominic Reyes, uh, second-round TKO. Uh, then that won him the lightweight heavyweight title. And then we had Brandon Royval upset Kara uh, France in a second-round submission. I mean, this this was probably, and this was right before, obviously, the co-main event. So this was the uh, shocker of the night before uh, uh, the final uh, top tier of the card. So Brandon Royval wins with a guillotine choke over Kara France. What did you make of this? Is this uh, is this a big win? Like we talked about Brandon Royval, the research I did on him, like definitely had a bright future. Did not expect him to win this fight, though. Yeah, man. I mean. These two fighters, they're great fighters. They just got the, uh, they, they were awarded um, fight of the night. Um, and it was definitely well-deserved. Yeah. I mean, uh, France knocked Royal down, um, you know, tried to press him fast and end up getting knocked down uh, by, like, spinning back elbow. It was very impressive. And uh, so they both dropped each other in the first round. And, uh, you know, Royal kind of controlled... Um, some ground time in the first round and then the first round was over and um, it, you know it was entertaining it was back and forth they were throwing some bombs to each other uh, putting a high high output and uh, you know France in the second round goes for a takedown and uh, Royal locks in that guillotine choke and uh, got the finish you know I knew and I said it on the, on the podcast before, Roy Val's scrappy and he finds a way to win. I just thought, you know, France was a little bit better and, and would, would get it done. Um, but, yeah, man, Roy Val, you know, found a way to win and he got it done. I wouldn't say this should, should put France down at all. I thought they both looked really good. He did drop Roy Val. And, uh, you know, both fighters look good. They both showed good things. I definitely think this should propel Roy Val, but I don't think it should lower France much at all. 
No, not at all. And I'm, I was very impressed by Roy Val's performance, as was everybody else. Uh, definitely has a bright future. Uh, the main event, obviously, it was the one we were alluding to between Adesanya and Costa going into this fight was probably um, the fight of the year going forward. I mean, going forward, we have Khabib versus Justin Gaethje coming up. Uh, but th this fight... It, it had everything. I mean, Joe Rogan was all over his social media talking about it. He, he posted two pictures about this, about this win for Adesanya over Costa. He just looked outmatched towards the end. We talked about power versus intelligence going in. It seemed like that throughout uh, the duration of this fight. And then, obviously, Adesanya wins it. And then, at the end, we see a vintage Spinaruni from uh, Israel Adesanya, which I thought was very impressive. I was thoroughly impressed by that Spinaruni in the octagon, right, but, like, literally right after after the fight like that was probably the biggest celebration post fight we've ever seen in the UFC yeah the guys got some good dance moves yeah. for sure um but I'd say the performance was definitely better than than his good dance moves um, <laughs> it, it was an interesting interesting uh, approach by Paulo Costa you knew Costa couldn't go in too hard too fast and tire himself out but at the same time you know his approach of going in there a little bit slower and trying to um, slow fight Adesanya, it didn't work you know, Adesanya then it, it played to his game, he was able to pick apart Costa and it was too late for Costa to get things going, his leg was beat up and uh, you know his leg, when your legs are wobbled and hurt, when you get struck to the head, your legs go out from underneath you and that's what you saw you know, the first round Adesanya picking apart, picking apart, staying on the outside. And Costa kind of really wasn't moving through. He was throwing some strikes, but not many. I thought, I knew we weren't going to see Costa go in super hard, super fast, but I thought we were going to see a lot more than we did. Yeah. And you know, that second round, Adesanya landed a really, really nice and beautiful head kick, which split open Costa's side of the head right in the temple area. And that was at the absolute beginning of the end. I think that really, really hurt Costa. I think Costa's super tough, and uh, he's a, he does really well at hiding pain and when he gets hurt. And we saw it for sure. Because Costa's leg was banged up, and he showed not you know too much... Uh, injured lamb looking like and uh, and he got rocked in the head and, and even looked okay and then you know Adesanya just put him away and put him away similarly to how he put away uh, Whitaker you know slipping changing stances and, and you know rocking him in the side of the head and and the lights out you know it's it's over and uh, unfortunately Costa got the loss I think we'll see Costa back pretty soon um, I'd like to see him fight, you know, someone relatively up uh, in the top of the rankings. You know, I definitely think he belongs at the top, but I think just Adesanya is on a completely different level. And, uh, you know, we didn't talk about this last time, but Costa also, you know, coming off of a win against Romero, he did have a bicep surgery, which is hard to come back from. Um, so you don't know how that affected his camps and whatnot, but, you know, First fight off of surgery, it can't be too easy. Maybe take some time um, and come back and, and fight. And I definitely think he'll come back in pretty good fashion. Now, what's next for Adesanya is, is pretty tough because this guy is starting to build a beautiful resume, almost Anderson Silva-like. And uh, he's really title defenses. And, you know, it's starting to get to the point where it's like, all right, 
maybe we see a little bit of a legacy, maybe a little bit of a super fight. Uh, I definitely agree with you in the comparison of Adesanya, and uh, I mean he's not quite there, but he's getting there in spider mode with with uh, uh, Silva, Anderson Silva. Uh, and again, I don't knock Costa at all, like you. Like I don't think this loss kills him. Like this, he's now 13 and one, his first professional loss uh, in mixed martial arts, and it was to arguably the greatest uh, fighter in that division that, for for the time being. You know, like you can't really knock him. I don't exactly would know what's next for him. You know, Adesanya potentially could be the best 185-pound fighter ever. You know, if he continues to get some title defenses, uh, he could kind of pass, surpass Anderson Silva's level. You know, he does have a win over Silva, you know, older Silva, you know. But, you know, I, I definitely think Adesanya should fight the winner of uh, Whitaker versus Cannoneer, which is on the uh, UFC 254 pay-per-view card, the co-main event. I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, I do think that would be a, a, a good fight. I think either fighter deserves it. That's the next fighter who's who's in line for the title shot. But, uh, you know, after that, I wouldn't mind seeing Adesanya go up and maybe challenge the 205 champion. Um, whoever it will be at the time, you know, some time could go by. You don't know if Jan's going to hold on to it forever. Um, who knows if John Jones comes back down? And that's a fight that's been talked about too, Adesanya versus John Jones. And I would love to see it. You know, they have similar body type, and um, I, 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 that's a fight. They talk a lot. They've talked a lot of shit, a lot, a lot of shit. And I'd like to see. It. I do think. I, I, I could tell you right now I think I take John Jones just because I like his size, I like his just skill. I think he would use the ground. I think he would fight a smarter fight against Adesanya than a lot of these fighters have been fighting that he's faced. And um, I think it would definitely be Adesanya's toughest fight, and I don't think it's John Jones' toughest fight he's had. I don't. I feel like for the time being, given Adesanya's age, like the age difference here would definitely favor him. I know John Jones' track record speaks for itself. He's arguably the greatest mixed martial arts fighter ever. Um, but that being said, he's had his issues. You know, Adesanya to this point really hasn't had many. Uh, uh, issues outside the cage let alone inside the cage so i don't i think that would be john jones's toughest battle yet given the circumstances like i agree with you in the sense of like dc gave him a run for his money in his heyday but like right now given the times given the uh, age difference in 2020 2021 if this fight ever happened you got to give adesanya more credit to where credit's due as opposed to uh, john jones because of their current uh, landscapes you know I, I see your point there for sure, but, you know, I think Adesanya's greatest um, weapon has been his unique size and kind of body type for the division. And I think John Jones's size just nullifies that completely. Um, I do think Adesanya definitely plays some mental games, and, and John Jones might be a kind of guy that you could screw with mentally maybe um if you get under his skin enough normally he's the guy getting under your skin but it seems like Adesanya really bothers John Jones so it could be a case where the the roles are flipped but fight wise skill wise and size I think John maybe has a little bit of an advantage um but you know it's only it's only only time will tell and, and when it actually happens, if it happens. Um, 
to see what's going on at that time. I mean, if I'm being honest, my biggest thing on my mind about Adesanya is his right pec. Did you did you see his right pec? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously after a fight like that, you're going to get banged up a little bit, and he might not fight for a while. But No, no, no but before the fight, it was like that. Really? That's it interesting. It looked screwed up. It, he, he came out, and that was the only thing I could think about the whole entire fight. It really screwed with me, because I'm... I see him take off his shirt, and instantly, I'm like, what the hell's wrong with his right pec? Like, it, it looked like he had, I mean, not a tumor, but it looked like just like a, a, like just some fat disconnected from the muscle and just hanging. And it just looked so weird, and I'm thinking the whole entire time, what's wrong with his pec? What's wrong with his pec? While he's fighting, I'm thinking, what's wrong with his pec? I couldn't stop thinking about it. And, um... I don't know. And, and interesting enough, someone asked him about it in the post-fight press conference, and uh, he really didn't have too much to say on it. And it's like, you know your body. What's wrong with your body? Something's wrong. It hasn't always been like this. And um, there's a lot of people saying that it's it's called glycoma or something, mm-hmm. and that's a... Uh, uh, outcome from steroids. You know, you know how they. Uh, I mean, I can't clear it, but you know what helps with glycoma. I don't. Weed. <laughs> um, no, I didn't know that. Is that really a thing? That's really a thing. Have you ever seen Due Date with uh, Zach Galifianakis and Robert Downey Jr.? He has no, glaucoma no. in that movie, and he smokes a ton of pot. Okay, I'll have to check out that movie. But um, that's my source, by the way. That's how I know that uh, weed and glaucoma go together from Zach Galifianakis explaining it to me in the movie Due Date that came out in 2010. Okay. Yeah, I. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if Izzy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the situation. I just found it really strange that his right pack was like that. I couldn't couldn't figure it out, but. Um, you know, it's ironic because if anyone were to take steroids in that division, you would think it'd be Paul Acosta or Yoel Romero, right? Romero for sure. I mean, Costa definitely does look like a genetic and Greek freak, but uh, Yoel Romero, I mean, his neck's jacked. Like, you only see that in a few different guys. Like, there's a few different guys that really train their necks, Dwayne Johnson being one of them, but, like, Yoel Romero is yoked to the core. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't really say one way or another, if I'm being honest. But um, what a beautiful performance by Adesanya. Just absolute art, and I'm excited to see what's next for him, for sure. I think a lot uh, is definitely in store for the future. I think a couple more title defenses. I'd like to see him reach that spider uh, level, maybe surpass it. And I'd love to see him get a, a really big challenge. Um, and uh, if I'm being honest, I really want to see Robert Whitaker get his second go around against uh, Adesanya. You know, I think the time that he fought him, he was a little burnt out. He was the champion. He was a little burnt out. Adesanya caught him at a bad time, put him away. I think Robert Whitaker, seeing how he fought a, a mastermind striker like Darren Till and, and took care of him in, you know, a, a pretty decisive decision, if he can put away a dangerous fighter in Cannoneer. I think, uh, you know, with his mind being right, he seems pretty refreshed as a fighter, you know, not so burnt out anymore and um, pretty motivated. He wants his belt back. I'm pushing for that fight. Um, 
you know, I, I do think Adesanya fights the winner of Whitaker versus Cannoneer, but I'm super um, excited and I want that fight so bad because I do believe right now in that division, Whitaker gives him the hardest uh, fight and is probably his toughest opponent. Yeah, I saw that tweet that you put out. You had a few sites agree with you, too. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, 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 I'm a huge fan of Whitaker. Uh, I really like him a lot, and he's he's my probably my favorite 185-pound fighter. I like what he's about. I like his morals. Um, I like his style of fighting. He he kind of brawls, you know. He goes, you know, he fights these tough fighters, and he brawls with them, you know. These guys like Paul Costa and uh, Yoel Romero. He doesn't play this outside game. He comes right in on you, too. You know what I mean? He will play the distance game, but he sticks his nose right in a fight, and he's not afraid of it. And uh, he's good. He's well-rounded. He's, he's, I just like him a lot. One more thing I want to touch on before we wrap up. Um, so I was reading this to go back. I mean, just to go back to the guy. Uh, he's got an alleged fight coming up with Manny Pacquiao. But him and Dustin Poirier agreed to a fight. Did you know that? Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier agreed to a fight for charity. They're both kind of not under contract with UFC at the moment. I mean, they are, but they're not. So I don't know what how it's going to happen. They're still both in the drug pool, but they agreed to a fight for charity. When? This happened within the week. They both agreed to a fight for charity. What kind of fight? Um, so let's see, he, so it was more of like a Twitter exchange, of course, but he, he's basically like, you want to do an MMA charity fight? And he said, uh, zero to do with the UFC, I'll donate half a million towards your charity for it, sell it on pay-per-view, or work a TV deal where we could work out other charities that are close to my heart also. I'm engaged in many, strictly a charity exhibition fight. Um, so he said, December 12th in the Point uh, Depot, Ireland, no weigh-ins, open weight, ununified rules. I will arrange all travel fare for you and your family, and that's what McGregor Sports and Entertainment and MMA, in association with the Good Fight Foundation uh, and Charity Mixed Martial Arts said. Wow. If I'm being honest, I know it's good for a good cause. I don't see it happening. I don't see the UFC allowing them to fight not in the UFC. How do you make that fight? I know. That would be... I mean, McGregor's got more than enough money to set up his own uh, his own cage, you know, like his own octagon, his own ring. Uh, but I don't know how... I mean, he... They have to do it, you know? And if they're still under contract with the UFC, there's definitely going to be legal things keeping that from happening. And how many times have we seen Conor McGregor run his mouth and set up fights with people? I know Dustin Poirier, I think, instigated this one. Not instigated, but offered it up. Uh, but how many how many times have we seen McGregor agree to fights and they just never have happened? You're, you're totally right. I mean, McGregor is talking about fights and, and saying events all the time. Um, and Dustin Poirier is very big on charity which is awesome you know I love fighters that are like that and uh, of course he would be down for that and, and you know McGregor is obviously down for it too um, it benefits both of them it benefits charities but I just don't see the UFC the only person who's not benefiting is the UFC I, I just don't see how the UFC allows two of their fighters to do that um, I would love to see it it would tell a lot about them I mean they fought already and um it would be a very interesting to see, especially with what the rules that uh, you know come out to to end up being. Um, I just can't see the UFC allowing them to happen. You know what I mean? If they were to fight, they might as well just make it a UFC fight and donate their money they make. 
I totally agree. I mean, I'm, but at the same time, uh, if they don't, if that's like one of their specific goals, not to have it with the UFC, maybe they find a way to not do it in UFC. Because literally, the only loser here would be Dana White and the UFC, who apparently Conor McGregor isn't on good terms with at the moment. So exactly. So who knows? I mean, I could see Conor trying to do his own thing, you know, screw with him a little bit if, if things aren't going so well. I can't imagine imagine Poirier wants to screw with him too much, but if it... Poirier is also a guy who will talk a lot on Twitter, though, and say things. Maybe he means it, but it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, he has the power to get it done. McGregor, on the other hand, does. I just don't think it'll end up happening. I, I think the UFC will pull all their guns out and just try not to let it happen. Uh, I totally agree with that. I can't wait to review. Um, uh, uh, what, what do we got next? Geechee versus Khabib, and then of course Iron Mike's fight coming up in November. We got a ton of fight nights coming up as well. MMA Mike. I guess we'll talk then. I, we should probably stop this before we get into politics again. Yeah, yeah, no politics, no more of that. I'm so bummed. I forgot to get my girl tickets for the show tomorrow. Now it's sold out. It's her freaking birthday. Oh, dude. She's only gonna break up with you. He's definitely gonna break up with me. Should've used tick pick. Wait, what'd you say? Tick pick. Look. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? There are no hidden fees. What'd you guys think I said? Oh, tick pick. I thought you said tick pick. No hidden fees. Download today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.